Switchers on. Okay. I think we got recording. All right. Well. Man, between uh, me forgetting my laptop and a couple other things. It's been quite the Monday. No, I'm just kidding. It's not even Monday. <laughs> we had to, we had to fight through some adversity. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it's been a uh it's been a, it's been like a whirlwind of, of the last week. I don't know about you, but I can't tell if it's Monday or Friday. Just kind of keep going. That's all I can That's think. Right. Just keep going. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't seem like it was this week, but Kokomo sent us the text with the <laughs> with the UFO pictures. Yeah. So from a real pilot, yeah. somebody citing it. So um, welcome to the Conspiracy Dad podcast. My name is Dante. This is Mr. Dave. Hello. We are both conspiracy dads and uh, Dave started out not a conspiracy dad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're you're on some level of conspiracy yeah. dad at this point. Yeah, I don't. I got a recording of Jane today. Calling the astronauts liars. Can you do it? Yeah, if you want. Oh, gosh, yeah, I want to hear that. I'll try and keep it brief, but uh, pretty funny. Yeah, she's... I'm wearing my Tesco shirt today. Of course, she's pretty stoked that she made it on that last intro. Do you believe that we landed on the No. No? Good girl. Truth tellers or are they liars? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna get a call from the principal. <laughs> the, the next thing she says after that is, "I hope the astronauts don't hear this." <laughs> and I thought, especially Buzz, yeah, he'd come at you. He punched a guy. Yeah, totally. I don't think he's very tall though. You could probably take him. I. He's very old. I'm not. I don't discount tall people. Army yeah. short people, excuse me. But he even even though he's not tall, he looks like a guy that could really hurt you. What you it just has that look. Yeah, it tall, short, long reach, short reach doesn't really matter. The willingness to pull the trigger at the right moment, that's what you gotta watch out for. I had for. a buddy who always said and everyone's the same height when you're on the ground. Yeah, there's you a know, lot of truth to that. Too. Jiu-jitsu moves there. Yeah. Um Well, uh, have you had a good week? Yeah. Feeling well? Good. Yeah. I have I think I had a conversation with somebody over the weekend. It's funny, the more that we do this and like people ask me, I don't know if this happens to you, as they'll ask me about what's going on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll ask about the podcast, like they'll, like not, they've never listened to it. Mm-hmm. And they'll ask, you know, what do you talk about? And I have all of these stories to share. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like, well, buckle up because yeah. did you know about Jolly West? Yeah. And it's uh, it was at a dinner party, and so it is funny that it's it's uh, giving me a lot of fodder for conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, you do have to uh, kind of temper how how much of the fire hose you open up. Yes, yeah, because they they gloss gloss over sometimes. I am really learning the nuance of that right now. Um, kind of like I was telling you last week. I was talking to a couple guys in a band I was playing in about like, hey, y'all, you hear that some people don't believe we landed on the moon. And they kind of got dismissive. And I wanted to talk about it like the whole way home. And <laughs> they they weren't interested. <laughs> not even. And no, no, no. Just, just maybe I'm bad at laying out the case. Maybe that 
I mean, I'm right. Like that blows my mind. I've had yeah. that conversation a thousand times yeah. with someone where I'll say, you know, Jolly West, like, did you know that he killed our elephant with LSD? You know, and they, and they're just like, yeah, oh, it's interesting. And then go on yeah. you go, is that all you have to say about that? The CIA killed our elephant with LSD and yeah. that's it. They don't care. Yeah, that's but that's, that's a mouth breather for you. If you didn't watch the elephant die, it's easy to kind of get back to what you're doing. That's just, that's what they want, man. The one I had one, I came across, did I tell you about the uh, Miami massacre? No, this is one we can podcast about, but, uh, I told, I told it at this dinner party and I think it went a little bit too far, <laughs> but it's a true story. That's the thing is I keep saying like, these are true stories, guys. It's real. So that you can look it up, but it's about these two robber bank robbers, violent criminals in Miami back in like 88, I think, mm-hmm. uh, Maddox and Plots, I think were their last names. Anyway, there was this guy that was doing a podcast about it. His name is John D'Souza, mm-hmm. and he's a former FBI agent. And he's kind of the the agent that Chris Carter based uh, Mulder from X-Files on oh, that cool. guy because he really was the X-Files guy for the FBI. Okay. And I think kind of because he was annoying and people didn't like working with him because sure. he was into like weird, like he asked tough questions. Yeah. So they kind of threw him all these weird cases as like, here, figure this one out, yeah. you know, genius. And so this was one of his cases that he went down to Miami to investigate. And what happened was these two bank robbers, we got cornered by the FBI and they're in a shootout and they don't, they won't die for some reason. They, they keep getting shot and they get back up and they kill a bunch of FBI agents. Like they're like in this crazy shootout. And finally, one of the agents like blows the guy's neck off. And it's mm-hmm. like, at, the, at that point, they do die, but they've been shot like five, six, seven times and didn't seem to slow them down at all. And so they assumed they said run you know their autopsies and they assume they must be on PCP or yeah, some sort right. of really powerful drug that was making them have like superhuman strength but then the autopsy comes back and the toxicology shows there's nothing in their system not even alcohol just nicotine like from cigarettes the texans yeah i guess yeah. Okay. <laughs> but so they're scratching their heads going like what these guys must have been on drugs, and they're like, no. So the guy, the the Souza guy, is investigating it, and he's like, the only thing they found, they told him, was that was odd, was at their apartment, there or in their house or their apartment, there was they had built an altar, and it was an altar to this Viking Norris god, who was I think called Loki or something like okay. that. There was a, a berserker god of war, and they had been making sacrifices to this berserker god and that was it and uh the vikings that's a would, kevin smith movie oh god trope. there was yeah. a couple of guys i want to make love like berserker <laughs> i haven't seen that i can't remember which one it is now but but that's where that yeah. was the thing that the vikings did they take mushrooms actually and then they okay have these sacrifices and then they, go they sacrifice battle. like animals or I think so i don't think it was people that's but nice. good for either way his point was and the FBI didn't really want to hear it was, what is your explanation of this was, this was a religious experience, a religious, a religious phenomenon. Hmm. And it looked like these guys were possessed by some demon god of the Vikings. And that's just, that's that's the best explanation for how they had superhuman strength and killed these other agents. Vikings. That's pretty cool. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. But then you go... 
Yeah, they were possessed by some demonic mm-hmm. demigod thing. And it's like, that's really the explanation? Best we can figure. <laughs> Best we can figure. <laughs> and uh, that's a cool one. I mean, you can look it up. It's uh, Wikipedia that it's in there. It's just hard to believe. And then they say, can you pass the carrots at yeah. the dinner party? <laughs> That's kind of how it went. <laughs> I finished talking and there's just silence. Yep. Like, All right. Well, if you want to know about the moon landing, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having trouble controlling the grubs in my yard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... That's what I've enjoyed about this. And I, I'm, I think by the end, when we get to the end of this, whenever that is, uh, if you ever want to have an interesting conversation, come up to Dave or yeah. myself, we'll have something to tell you. I think that that is what it will start to turn into is people that are into kind of these niche pursuits is that, yeah, you, they'll see you out in the world and kind of go, hey, hey. I tried to talk to my neighbor about that Viking thing. He wasn't wanting to hear it, but I wanted to ask you <laughs> more about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you kind of get like an inside crew going. And maybe over time we'll develop either like a, you know, a, a saying, you know, that you can throw out to see if there's anybody in that's not oh, a mouth breather. Oh, yeah. Or like... I mean, you could just say conspiracy dad. They're going to know. Yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. If you're a conspiracy dad, you can... You're in... Uh, what is it? It's a safe place. Yeah. It's a safe place. Um, so we're going to try to move along with moon landing. On yeah. This episode. I got to say, after thinking about this for weeks in a row, I thought, boy, I don't know if if I've got the uh, attention span for an episode more of this after today. So I kind of thought the same thing. Let's, like, let's do this. Drive it home. Let's get as much in as we can. And we might switch to another topic and then come and revisit yeah. after we've mm-hmm. yeah. Done what, else. what occurred to me was you know anybody that's that interested in this would take the time to, to dive into. I mean, there's a wealth of resources. Like you mentioned that uh, press conference last week. Did you watch it? I watched a little bit of it. It's is it if I found the right one, it's like an hour and a half long. Yeah. Right. So they were weird, right? Um, they didn't strike me as weird as I expected. So well, I think it's it. Specific parts. Like, I don't okay. think the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the There's whole moments thing where you're yeah. watching it and it's like they're answering questions and they seem really uninterested in answering mm-hmm. the question or unimpressed with what they had just done. Yeah, the part I watched, they're reviewing video footage that they had taken and it's pretty rehearsed. I mean, they're scripted reading off what, what had happened. So I don't know. I'd have to see it. Yeah. Is it the one where they're all sitting at like a press conference, like sitting yeah, at the they, table and they're taking questions from the press? Um, the the part I watched, they weren't taking questions yet. Okay, that's hadn't gotten to it. Get to the question Q and A. But I mean that alone. I mean, there's an hour and a half of your life going to that. So all that to say, this is a 14 part series of articles that cites more websites and cites more video links and cites more photos. So if you need a hobby, this well is deep. If you want to, if you need a hobby, this is. Uh, but to just uh, wagging the moon doggy yeah. is a way to go. But to continue piquing your interest, we'll we'll kind of zip through. Like, okay, uh, where do we leave off? Well, we left off on five, and we got a little bit into uh, photography, which is something they talk about around article five or six. Um, articles six and seven get into some of the present day missions that we've done. And uh, McDowell's making the case of uh, kind of why are they shooting for goals that we should, we already hit. I mean, if we've got a guy on the moon, why are we now sending like unmanned craft to maybe kind of yeah, get like a picture the Japanese, of them? Yeah. Yeah. Just a few weeks ago. Um, but I thought here in uh, 
Article 8, one of the ones that I thought would was interesting as far as like making cases as to like just how ludicrous it was for us to have gotten this done, uh, especially in hindsight going, okay, this is the 60s. I know that these guys were like, quote unquote, space cowboys. Um, but here he's talking a little bit about this, the testing and the simulators they were using. Um, so he says, uh, meanwhile, down in Texas, astronauts had been training on a simulator that was supposed to teach them how to land the lunar module. Unfortunately, the simulator was, quote, unstable and dangerous, never worked properly. No one ever actually landed the contraption. But on the plus side, there is lots of film stock of fiery simulator crashes. Uh, let's see. Stoff notes that at some point in the program, NASA eventually stopped using it because it was just so dangerous. It was a lot safer to just land on the actual moon <laughs> and fly this simulator down in Texas. So that's what they did. They didn't figure out a way to like practice landing on the moon. I, they First just, time. They just shrugged they their shoulders and said, uh, well, it'll be safer when we get up there. I'm sure it'll be fine. That's and unbelievable. There's uh, yeah, there are a few other instances in these articles of things that tests that didn't go well. And then they just shrug their shoulder and pat the astronauts on the back and go, yeah. well, once you get on the moon, it's going to work great. And to like watching that press conference, as far as they say, everything did work great. That's one thing I noticed. Everything. They go, well, we touched like, here's video footage of us touching down, which <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you mean touching down? Like you practiced with the simulator <laughs> and they're like, uh, the machine worked flawlessly. Uh, we touched down there. There was no problems with the dust and, uh, we're able to exit the vehicle without any issue. <laughs> yeah. That they had, uh, anticipated before that, I mean, run simulations on, they didn't know exactly how the surface of the moon was going to react to this massive jet engine yeah. underneath uh -huh. the, well, jet, I don't know if it was an engine, but it was a some sort of jet propulsion that was, okay, so the the, the moon, it was to have a sixth of the Earth's gravity. So it's yeah. not it's not weightless. Like, right. yes, you're going to be falling lighter, but you're still falling. If you, It's going to take a massive amount of energy to push back against that, that uh, lunar module to keep it from just crashing and exploding on the surface of the moon. And so they didn't, they had thought it might even be like the jet engine. If the, if the, if the ground was too yeah. powdery, mm -hmm. it could like create just a massive thinking. crater yeah. that you just fall into. And then you're just like stuck, stuck like yeah. in the mud almost, or yeah. like in a desert, like a. Yeah. They didn't know. Yeah. And so that's one of the biggest sticking points with the debunkers of the moon landing is you look at those pictures of that moon lander. I mean, not a speck of dust on it yeah. and there's no blast crater under the lunar module like the, it doesn't even look like it's been touched it doesn't mm -hmm. it's not like oh you can see a little bit it doesn't look like anything has happened there should be burn marks under it but mm -hmm. there's none i mean i'm just saying nasa in those photos there should be burn marks yeah. nothing so that's a that's for me like honestly the first thing someone pointed out about it that i went like that's hard to like, how do you not even have a burn mark? Yeah, no burn marks. Um, and like somewhere in, in all of these, they get into talking about currently one of the issues that NASA is struggling with is how to deal with the dust because you can't seal your doors properly when you're getting in and out of the yeah. stuff. The spacesuits don't do well with moon dust. Uh, yeah. How do you keep your equipment clean? Or also the, all of the uh, projectiles from space. Yeah. 
So like that's a big one for there's me. There's no yeah. atmosphere to burn up. So when you're on the moon is getting pelted mm-hmm. with even like bullet size yeah. uh rocks and debris mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. You just look at the surface of it. Mm-hmm. And they were like concerned like that would be a bullet going straight through yeah. you. And that's a real possibility. But those they, they got lucky, I guess. They didn't know? get hit by one of them. Or the shuttle or yeah. Anything. Yeah, they talk about the wall of the we may have might have touched on this last week. Talking about the wall of the spacecraft basically being just a couple of thin sheets of aluminum and like, you know, you kind of almost had to watch, you know, you couldn't bump it too hard with your elbow or drop a screwdriver. Yeah. Poke a hole in it. Um, Yeah. How you managed to get 200,000 miles through space without catching one. I mean, I couldn't drive to Stillwater without a windshield full of bugs. (laughs) And these guys managed to dodge every single little meteor. That's flying through there. Um, and then you're right. They get out on the surface of the moon and uh, their suits don't catch any of these little meteorites. Um, and you're right. It, if one of those tags your suit and it depressurizes your suit, now you're not insulated from the wild temperature swings. There's Oh, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you, the, you, yeah, the vacuum of space. Dude, yeah. Like you get out. Right. Like. Yeah, I it's don't. It's problematic for a lot of reasons. I mean, I guess you could say, yeah, just got really lucky. Uh, how many times? 15? How many? Yeah. Uh, gosh, I don't remember how many times. I but 15 missions? I think so. We should know that if we're podcasting about this. 14 articles worth of missions. 14 articles worth and not a single piece of space debris encountered. Yeah. Um, anyway, what were, what's the next one? Uh, the next article was where where they mentioned the machetes. So last week, yeah, he goes through machetes. all the things that they took, <laughs> and that's uh, it's talking a little bit about the suits. Uh-huh. So you know, these suits, I guess, needed to be able to defend against the little mini or mini meteorites. Bulletproof, basically. Bulletproof. Yep. Um, let's see all the stuff they need to bring. Let's see. Oh, this is the modules. They'd require a propulsion system, navigation system, environmental control system, plentiful supplies, oxygen, water, food, heat shields, etc. Um, waste disposal system, which I'd like to get into waste disposal here in a minute. Uh, shaving supplies, hygiene, etc. And then, and for reasons left unexplained, machetes. So Yeah, that that's that? that was one that, what could you possibly use a machete for in, in space? Uh I don't know. They use duct tape to fix. Cutting the, the duct tape? That Well, yeah. That'd be I it. mean. It, it just seems like just anytime you're going to go on, on any kind of an adventure, a roll of duct tape and a machete. Probably not a bad idea. good to go. Yeah. I agree with that one, NASA. Yeah. <laughs> of all the things we disagree about, I agree. Machetes I'm picturing them like uh, kind of the trope of like some of those comedy movies where they're like stripping. Oh, or like uh, the Pearl Harbor movie with Ben Affleck and... Uh, What's his face? Alec Baldwin is going, these are fat ladies. You know, they're trying to get all the weight off of the bombers yeah. so they can take off the aircraft carrier. And like, I'm picturing them taking every, all the parts off the navigation system, throwing out extra parachutes. And At then some like, point you need to chop something. And then they go, well, well, let's get rid of the machetes. And Alec Baldwin's like, no, no, wait a minute. We need the machetes. <laughs> so. Uh, I wonder if you could buy a NASA space machete somewhere. Like a moon sp- moon that would look machete, great on the wall, like a I would that right here. NASA machete. <laughs> I'm gonna look into that. Yeah, I wonder if we can find a picture of the actual machetes they took to the moon. I mean, Buzz is he has to keep that. Like, if you take a machete to the moon, you're taking it back home with you, right? Yes, 
Yeah, I, I, must, I I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him on Instagram what he did with the machete. That's a good yeah. It looks like what uh, if he what if he posts a picture of it? That would be pretty awesome. Lunar replicas is the website, and it looks like you can get a M1 knife machete. I think this is like a replica, but uh, it looks pretty sweet, and it's got a picture of globe. Oops, on it. Two hundred fifteen bucks. I mean, I might have to buy that. You can <laughs> you can get a machete at Walmart for like less than five dollars, but it's not a it's not an M1 N- astronaut NASA. Yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed that some people say NASA instead of NASA? <laughs> yeah. I I I was talking to a a friend who's I didn't get much into the conversation because I don't think she listens to the podcast, but she does follow me on social media and her dad was a NASA engineer during this on the Apollo program. <laughs> and I How mean she pronounced it. But she she would always say NASA and I just go how did her dad say it? Maybe we're wrong. I mean, he's worked for NASA, so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, I was really glad, though, that she didn't start grilling me on, like. Yeah, I, I heard what you said about my dad. I just said, yeah, yeah, we talk about that stuff sometimes. That's interesting. I've been thinking about that off and on throughout the course of this. Like, uh, Hold on one second. Yeah. Go on, you're good. Dogs fussing. Sorry, conspiracy dad. The scout, scout needs to go sometimes. Got to uh, pick my son and tell her to let him out. Keep going. Oh, I was just thinking about part of the the pushback on this conspiracy theory is how did people, how did that many people keep it a secret? And the conspiracy theories pushback is uh, well, the Manhattan Project had hundreds of thousands of people involved, and that yeah. was kept secret for a long time. And I think that uh, part of the dynamic here is you don't need everybody to be compliant in this conspiracy. Like, No, I, I think that that, really that has to be a part of it. Yeah. It has to be something where if you did it, all of the people like my friend's dad, like if it was a fake, they would all have to legitimately think it's real. I don't think you could have them all be in it. I think you'd have to set it up somehow where they're like, everyone's games going everyone thinks that it's happening but it's actually a broadcast feed which it that in and of itself would be pretty amazing to pull that off yeah but um people say that about the manhattan thing and it's like yeah but yeah they we do have programs like that where people haven't talked you know so but it would definitely be much safer and easier to set it up in a way where everyone was like a useful idiot that didn't know. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. I saw him land on the moon. I was doing the controller and it's like your controller wasn't actually doing anything. So is the idea then that uh, a lot of these useful idiots are doing real engineering work, um, but they're doing it more for like military application type stuff. Or I guess one of the things I grapple with as I'm listening to this and going through it is, our, our NASA engineers, they're doing real math. I mean, they, yeah. they can't not, they can't not know that they're doing real math. Um, and they're doing real engineering. So are some of them like early in the project, what I get the sense of is let's say, you know, early in the sixties, Kennedy says, we're going to, we're going to get on the moon before the end of the decade. NASA sets out to do this for real. Pretty quickly goes, this is not going to work. And not long after that, I don't know 
Like there's a, at one point in, in one of these articles, there's a software engineer that's like a pretty entry level guy. He's just out of college. And he goes, yeah, you'd think they would have given me some specifications on how this spaceship, you know, how far it needed to travel and what it needed to do. But they really just let me write my own code, like whatever I wanted to. Yeah. And like, that is pretty bizarre. Um, I guess the point I'm making is that these engineers and these software programmers and everybody else that's involved, they're doing, um, they're doing legitimate work, but to what means or to what end are they doing it? Does that question make sense? Yeah, I don't know. I think if you're talking about a, a faked landing, the you'd want to keep the number of people that know about it as small as sure. possible. So yeah. it's like Buzz and the guys and maybe two or three other guys on top, but you would want it to be. So, I mean, I think that they would think that they're actually running numbers, but it's not actually doing anything. Another thing that I think about is like the Buzz Aldrin's and the the Neil Armstrong's of the world, all of these astronauts. Do you think that if it is a conspiracy, if they have to know it's not true, I mean, they know if they didn't go on the moon. Um, Unless they're like MK Ultra, okay, and so like maybe brainwashed they, to they think they to, actually did go to the so moon. So my thought was like, well, maybe they see it as like, these are good soldiers. I'm not denying that. You know, so are they thinking like, this is ultimate service to my country to like keep this narrative moving forward? I think so. To take out, I think that, you know, that to, would be to the, combat the, the Russians. I don't know how you'd pull it off. <laughs> I mean, because the engineers would have to be receiving information, data back and forth. There's communication happening the whole time. Maybe they just stuck in low Earth orbit the whole time and fed phony numbers back or something. I don't mm, know. Yeah. I mean, the faking it would be, I think, going there <laughs> definitely seems pretty hard. Yeah. But uh, also faking it would be pretty damn hard. Right. So the it seems like faking it would be easier then, which is why I think this conspiracy theory picks up steam over the decades to follow. Um, one of the points that I keep coming across in these articles is NASA keeps coming back. So again, I'm thinking like, well, these are legitimate engineers and scientists that are uh, earnestly trying to get us further yeah. into this space you know, project. And they keep coming out with these press releases saying, well, we think here in about 20 years, we're going to get a man on the moon. And this is, you know, decades after we've already allegedly done that. And I, it, it's almost ad nauseum to the point where you're like, yeah, we got it in this, these articles, except for it's such a good point. Like, um, I had to work on my car last week and I, I've done it once or twice before on this particular car. Every time I get into that car, I've, I'm a little more familiar with the mechanics of that engine, right? So how is it that we just like are totally regressed and cannot get back to where that's we were the biggest, 50 years ago? I think that's the biggest thing that sets people off yeah. to say, why why can't we put it? You'd think that going to the moon now would be just like going to the desert. It'd sure, be, yeah. You know, a little bit of a trip, but it's not yeah. impossible. If we did it once, at this point it would be, you'd think we'd have like, Somebody kind of, we'd have a space station up there, you know? Yeah. And if you go back and you listen to our favorite Werner von Braun yeah, and uh, the things he was doing with Disney, uh, you know, the TV programs and stuff, like that's, that's all they were talking about. It's like building a space station and building a moon station and like p- plan to have like you know, laboratories on the moon. Well, that's and- like what we do to build an empire, right? Yeah. I mean, explorers 
before we had the whole globe mapped out, you'd go out across the ocean. I think even I heard astronauts would talk that way back then, like, you know, that had gone and coming back and like, wow, it'd be great. In a few years, we're going to have a a post out here and we're going to be exploring and doing more science. Stay for a little longer each time, get a little more permanent. And for some reason, it was just, yeah, that's not, it's not important anymore. Yeah. They act like there's nothing to see. Ah, we already did that. But well, even one of the one of the guys that he has in his article, he's said something about like the moon is just basically a, a big empty parking lot. Yeah, it's like we've stu- we we still study barren remote places on this planet forever. You know what I mean? Like the, like right. the idea yeah. that like barely walking around on the surface a few times that exhausts everything scientifically That's, that yeah. we need to know right. about this uh-huh. satellite around the planet. That's not even. It seems stupid to think that way. Well, that and we don't even so like to your point, we don't even know if there is water on the moon. I mean, in one account, it's we know these are moon rocks because there's no water in them. And then at another point, NASA makes a comment that well, we're gonna go and check out the possibility of like drilling in these canyons to unfreeze water in the moon. Hmm. So, I mean, at this point, the jury's there's, still there's out definitely much to be discovered yeah. about the moon. There's no way that we captured it all. We haven't even seen the high definition original footage. Right. Of and walking around on the moon. Somebody needs to go back and retrieve the poop. <laughs> <laughs> what was your hang up on that? <laughs> just just, that, it just that it's up there. Like what an American thing for us to do is just leave our trash on the moon. Eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> Where is that? I was, there's a funny bit in there. About, uh, Moon poop. Yeah, moon poop. Man, I had it. Because it's 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 actually we don't need to go retrieve retrieve it. The thing is actually do not uh the thing is that we don't want anybody to pick it up. You're supposed to leave it if you find it. <laughs> like that's a that's a real thing. It's uh it's a piece of history. Where is it? So what, we go. what chapter are we on right now? Um, well, if we're talking the dung on the moon, we're at 13. Oh, so, I mean, we we're skipped, blazing. We so, yeah, a lot there. Yeah, I didn't mean to jump ahead so far, but that just was such a weird standout to me. We can come <laughs> back to it. Um, ooh, Article 10 is where uh, he starts talking about Laurel Canyon. Oh, yeah. Do you know about that? Just, I mean... I've told you some about that. Yeah, right? you told me about it, and then I thought, oh, we should do something on Laurel Canyon, and then I realized that that's what he's thing, actually famous for. At this same website, <laughs> there's a McGowan, whole big chunk. McGowan started out investigating the CIA's connections to the Laurel Canyon music scene back at the birth of the hippie mm-hmm. revolution, and he digressed from that <laughs> yeah that that piece of research to do the moon landing because he was kind of burned out on that and then he went back and mm-hmm. finished it but we'll do some on the Laurel Canyon but basically in a nutshell he's uh connected many many leaders in that scene artists musicians influencer influencers to military intelligence and CIA and like it just gets a little weird after while while where it's like you know Jim Morrison his dad is Philip Morrison, mm-hmm. Colonel Philip Morrison, and he's the guy that started the Vietnam War by lying to the Congress about the Gulf of Tonkin incident. And um, it's just weird to say, like, you're, you know, the hippie anti-war movement guy of America 
his dad literally is the guy that started all of yeah. it. And uh, it's hard to believe that that's just, you could look up pictures of Jim Morrison. It's like two years before he's the guy that you know, he's clean cut, clean shaven on a military base looking at, you know, stuff with his dad. So um, he looks like he was military on some way, in some way. And so was, there were a lot of other people in that, uh, that he connects. It's an interesting podcast or, or same thing. He does this thing where he just connects all these dots and whether or not it leads to the, to the correct conclusion, it is still interesting to connect those dots. And like, I didn't know that about Jim Morrison, that that was his dad. And um, Jimi Hendrix was military as well. And uh, Dave Crosby was family of CIA. God, um, that's a weird one. I don't yeah, know why that a lot one's of weird ones that, and it's not necessarily, it doesn't mean, really mean, say something except that you go like, well, how many people do you know whose family are deeply connected in the CIA or other military intelligence? Yeah, or not a one. I know one. I know yeah. one woman whose family, parents are CIA, and she was too for a bit. But definitely don't know like 30. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually Article 11 where they... He's talking a lot about Laurel Canyon and what, what was he saying? There. The connection to the moon landing. Um, let's oh, see. the 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 uh, the studio where they made all of the is that what it was about? Where they could have made these lunar landing videos. Let's it was see. in Laurel Canyon. Yeah, that's what. Well, it was. it's uh, yeah. In the first series of posts, I mentioned that the Apollo story was connected to the Laurel Canyon story by way of a facility known as Lookout Mountain Laboratory. Yeah, that's the intelligence community's top secret, state of the art film studio nestled high in the Hollywood Hills. There you go. As it turns out, there is another interesting connection as well. During the span of precisely one month during the infamous summer of 1969, which I believe is the summer of love. The Laurel Canyon and Apollo stories reached a simultaneous climax of sorts. So we have the uh, kind of the the juxtaposition of Apollo 11 along with, um, let's see, you've got Woodstock at the same time, which is pretty wild. So yeah, and quite a time knowing, to be alive. Knowing that how much involvement the CIA had in that whole movement, it's like, yeah. man, we were getting pulled left and right. Man, uh yeah, this is, yeah, specifically here he says, uh, let's see, yeah, all these killings, talking about, now we're talking about uh, Charles Manson, all these killings later would be attributed to Canyon regular Charles Manson and his family. Less than a week after the killing, some of Laurel Canyon's premier bands took stage at Woodstock. Uh, sorry, that doesn't help you very much as far as making that a connection, um, except for... That's all within a month of each other. Yeah. You've got July 1969. Did you, did you hear uh, last week that Robert Kennedy Jr. came out and finally publicly called out the CIA for killing his dad? No. Or for killing I didn't his hear that he publicly did it. No. You know, he did. So he's running for president now. Yeah. 20% of the vote, actually. He's really pulling stronger than people thought he would. And he finally came out and said, he said something about like, um, beyond the shadow of a doubt, you know, like, yes, the CIA definitely played a significant role in orchestrating the assassination of his uncle. And what he doesn't say there is that, you know, he knows it. Like, well, then they definitely killed his dad, too. <laughs> like, right. The idea that, yeah. like, well, we killed JFK, but we didn't kill RFK. <laughs> like, that no. sounds like, yeah, like if you want to get away with something, you always admit to a little bit of something yeah. else. That's, yeah. I mean, if people want to just think about the significance of that, I mean, I'm sure that 
Robert Kennedy Jr. has wrestled with how to respond to this these questions for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, I've listened to interviews with him when he was a young man, and people would ask him. Um, But for him to come out as a presidential candidate and say that publicly, that's it seems crazy. Like, does he have a death wish? That's what like people have asked him. Like, are you yeah. worried about if you get too involved in this, you might? And he said something like, uh, just like my dad and uncle, I look at it like an occupational hazard and maybe, you know? Hmm. But I think by putting it out there early, it's kind of yeah. like, well, yeah, if he gets killed in some weird yeah. way now, it's going to be pretty obvious that it was probably not an accident. That's but sort of like uh, Elon Musk making it very public that he is not suicidal. It's like Bob Lazar going yeah. to George Knapp and saying, you know, all the Area 51 stuff. Mm-hmm. So they can't kill me now. Right. It's on, Local yeah. news. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know that whole story or not. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm familiar with it just from... From, from talking to me. Yeah. Well, from... T- <laughs> and yeah, yeah, mostly from talking he to pulled you. A, he pulled a Lazar is what he did. That's he just, he just well said. He out in the news and, yeah. uh, you know, less likely to slip in the bathroom and fall on some bullets, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that expression. Oh. Um, but that's that's significant, I think, uh, if you want to think about this whole time frame and... Uh, the idea of would would agencies or government be pulling shenanigans? Would they pull? Would they lie well, to you in some after, massive way? Yeah, like, just a few years before they killed the president. Well, yeah, of course they faked the moon landing. And this is after a whole decade of lies about the Vietnam War, right? I mean, we're, lots of lies. Yeah, the, Martin Luther King. That's one thing that crossed my mind today was uh, going. Okay, let's say, let's say this moon landing thing is true. Well, that would be like the only thing the, the government honest thing you said <laughs> in the past decade. <laughs> exactly. So you're telling me like since 50, it's starting to come out thing. now that there's some shady stuff with, Kennedy's I know we killed the president. I know. Yeah. We killed yeah. Luther we weren't King. totally honest. I know we killed Marilyn Monroe, yeah. but we landed on, the we moon. honestly did, we land, did on, land. I know on you're not going to believe this, <laughs> but there is one thing we really did do. And that is we went to the moon. Well, cool. Let's do it again. Yeah, can't, can't do it can't again. Do that. <laughs> okay, yeah. That is odd. So That's that is why, which, and this is where it gets, like, the hole starts to open up deeper as you go, well, if that was 50 years ago, like, well, it's not like the government got to the end of the 60s and was like, Phew, guys, we really lost our heads there. <laughs> Let's get it together, Let's... guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're just playing it straight yeah. from here on out, guys. Yeah, and, no and more until, funny business. Until you, like... I don't even, I haven't followed the seventies enough, but fast forward a couple more decades. And now you've got uh, George Bush and George senior in office, a member of the, what skull and skull and bones, yeah. head of the CIA, you know, sending weapons to the middle East to help them liberate their countries. Like, Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah what was going on all this time? Not MK Ultra, I'll tell you that, because that program ended in oh, 1977. Never goodness. again, never again. You know, that was yeah. the... Uh, this is going to be a well-documented case of me just completely going down. Yes. <laughs> you're going to be Eddie Bravo by the end of this, and you're going to be totally flat earth, space is fake. We're run by, yeah, uh, government's run right. by reptilians and birds are drones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't forget what I was going to say. Sorry, I didn't. Oh yeah, MK Ultra. That that never ended. Yeah, I told you about that when I realized researching Jolly West. More about him that that Timothy McVeigh was MK Ultra. I think. Yeah, I think you did, did. mention that to me. But 
that just blows my mind. I mean, it, it cannot be that the guy that ran MK Ultra and then he meets with Timothy McVeigh 17 times. And you go, well, I think he might have had something to do with that. <laughs> like, I don't know exactly what they yeah. were talking about, but uh, I just know he was the MK Ultra doctor. Um, one thing, sorry, just talking about MK Ultra and and uh, propaganda and we Hollywood Hills. Up, we derailed, and I thought, okay, well, this is sort of to get us back off of that okay, moon, tangent onto this. Moon, moon, moon. Well, is uh, uh, did you read much on in through here where they're talking about? the the silent film de Franc et monde that looks an awful lot like our moon adventures i do remember reading about it but so, not the specifics um that is that's in this article 12 where uh, he cites this it's a german film from the early it's from 1931 by a filmmaker fritz long and good name yeah, Fritz Long, L-A-N-G. Um, I just meant Fritz, Fritz, but... Fritz, yeah. That's your youngest, yeah? Um, My grandpa. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, his name oh, grandpa. I thought you were just going for like a rhyming thing, but it was your grandpa. You know, funny thing, not to derail real quick, but yeah. like all of Schmidt's kids, it's a very hard last name to say. So like sure. when we were all like two, three, four, we would say Smitch or something. We couldn't say it right. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's kind of... Everyone in the family knows that. Yeah. And then Fritz, our youngest, mm -hmm. he, as soon as he could speak, he, he'd say Schmitz perfectly. And I was like, man, the first Schmitz that can say Schmitz, you know? <laughs> and then my dad pointed out, well, yeah, he's used to saying Fritz. Yeah. And that's that Z sound. I was like, he says it perfectly. Yeah. And I guarantee you no Schmitz has ever said their name perfectly until <laughs> he came along. Anyway, derail. Um, yeah, this is an excerpt from Article 12. It says, uh, Fraud. Iman, which is, uh, let's see, The Woman in the Moon is the translation. It's a 1931 film um, that proved to be rather prophetic. And if you look at the pictures in that article, it shows pictures of like astronauts in a spacesuit. It shows a shuttle with like the framing around it, kind of that. So he's, he's a different, this is maybe like a... Uh what we copied. Yeah. The, the way it was referred to here is like the film proved to be rather prophetic and that's because the film was made in 1931. So, you know, 40 years before yeah. we actually put anybody on the moon or like we made a film putting somebody on the moon. Um, it's kind of like the timeline of this new white men can't jump film. Like it's about that same amount of time before they do a relaunch is yeah. my point. Um, and then he also just kind of in passing says uh, Fritz followed this up with uh, a movie called M, just the letter M. It's the tale of a sadistic, pedophilic serial killer guided by voices in his head. Oh God! I wonder how he came up with that plot line. <laughs> so <laughs> that is uh, well, it, yeah, but I mean it's M, like Manson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't even connect that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just the idea that like the CIA possibly just ripped off this guy's movies from the early 30s it's probably all the paperclip guys that we probably yeah, took over and yeah, they just sure. published what they were doing working Von, on and we said that's not a bad idea yeah well i mean <laughs> this is in the same articles where it's talking about uh von braun working with with uh nassau nassau <laughs> um but yeah maybe uh maybe von braun's talking to some of the cia guys and he's like oh man i tell you if you really want the rocket to look legit you should see this movie <laughs> And this spacesuits, they don't look very good. They don't look as good as the ones in the movie that I saw when I was a kid. <laughs> because back then, you know, with no internet and no awareness of other cultures' film 
libraries and yeah how like would that. you see a indie german film how would we know at all what any of that oh, is von braun fun yeah well what i mean is like just as a regular american civilian you know you've been told by yeah no it wouldn't walter be. cronkite we're going to the moon the first time you saw a spaceship was on the news it, you didn't see it on the it's woman all in the coming moon through movie. screens yeah so i thought that was pretty interesting and those pictures are funny so if i'm gonna you have to check go back and look again. at that again can you find the movie somewhere? Um, I didn't look for the movie. I just was happy to see the pictures. I'm going to look for the movie. Yeah. Or Rumble. Yeah, maybe it's in Rumble. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's Article 12. I mean, it's not all of it, but I'm just saying that was the thing that I thought was really interesting. Let's see. Article 13. We're almost there. That's the, yeah. poop, the poop article. This is it. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just dive right in. Uh, due to international treaties declaring that no country can lay claim to real estate on the moon, you see, <laughs> Tranquility Base itself cannot be declared a historical landmark. So California's Historical Resources Commission, in its infinite wisdom, decided to declare that all the artifacts allegedly left behind are now, quote, historical resources. This is said to be a first step towards the site being declared a national landmark and ultimately a UN World Heritage Site. The list of protected artifacts includes specifically human excrement bags. So um, it goes on to say. Uh, well, they just listed the entire. I think they must have yeah. done a yeah catalog of everything. What do they call that on a sailboat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I mean, entire, uh, yeah, that's a, a word for it's it. It's not bill of materials. It's no. uh, manifest. Then manifest. Yeah, manifest. Yeah, that must be just a manifest. Like we left our rover up there. Uh, we left our machetes. <laughs> we left the module. Oh, and we did leave those bags of bags poop. of poop. Yeah, we left those up there too. Well, I mean, you wouldn't. This was back before there was a "Don't Lay Your Trash on Oklahoma" campaign, <laughs> and I hear interviews fairly often of people talking about growing up in the '60s, where littering was not a big deal. Like, we would hit we, we, the family would go on a road trip. We'd stop at a McDonald's, and then. We would load up on French fries and everything, and we just loved to throw the trash bag out the door, like out the side of the window on the highway. And that was just what you did with your trash. <laughs> so it to me, this is like, well, yeah, that, that's that what we would do. Of that yeah. Alice's Restaurant song that Arlo Guthrie would do. Oh yeah, do you remember that? Mm -mm, I don't. I don't know this. It's song. like a fifteen-minute song, and he's just telling the story. <laughs> But he leads up to being arrested on Thanksgiving because he dumps a bunch of litter on the side oh, of the road, funny. and. Yeah, it's funny. Grew up listening to that. It's funny how that one is. Uh, just listening to it live is just. Uh, I, I I actually got a chance to play with Arlo Guthrie a long, long time ago, uh -huh. and he had just started to. I asked him, Are "You still doing Alice's Restaurant?" And he's he's like, "Man, I had to start getting a teleprompter about ten years ago. <laughs> Too much LSD and just no kidding. Fried my brain. That's yeah. interesting. So yeah, it was so like he, locked in there and he, it's gone. Well, if you listen to the song, I mean, it's a long story. And yeah. The point was he did a version live that got really famous and he used to kind of improv it. So everyone would be a little bit uh, different, okay. yeah. but the one way he did it live, it was just so good. If he ever missed a part, he said people would get really sure. upset with him. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, you didn't do that. But he's, it's a long story. So he's like, mm -hmm. yeah, you might miss something. So then he had to start doing the teleprompter to make sure he included every part of the story, yeah. exactly yeah. the way it's supposed to be told yeah. so that the stupid hippies don't get upset at him yeah, but, and complain yeah, oh, in the yeah. parking lot. Exactly. I, I got to hang out with him at this 
folk festival and a parking lot at the hotel. There's like no, nothing around. And, uh, we're just in the, at night hanging out and he's like telling us all of his, uh, acid trip stories. (laughs) He said, um, he said something like, uh, the last time I did acid, it was on Thanksgiving. And he said he went down to the basement to get something out of the fridge and the walls around him started melting and he couldn't find his way out for hours. And he said, and that's the last time I ever did it. <laughs> and I mean, I think I was like 17 or 18. I'm yeah. like, good advice. Yeah. No LSD. Yeah, Stay that, away. I, I fall on both sides of that. There's part of me that goes, yeah, that should be the last time you do it. But then there's another part of me that goes, well, you don't want that to be your last time. You'd like for it to be like a... He said it was pretty terrifying. Re- oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. He scared me straight on the LSD. I've, I've never touched this stuff. <laughs> well, he knows better than most people, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, didn't mean to name drop. Well, I didn't. But I didn't. I, I didn't just, think you'll hang out with it. famous musicians. So that's what I well, do. You want me to say? Yeah. I'm buddies with the. <laughs> I'm, I'm buddies with Barney Hill's niece. I'm I don't friends know. with George Knapp now. Yeah. So. <laughs> George Knapp and. You've been in the Tulsa world. I was in the Tulsa world. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's button up this moon landing. Okay. What do you, what do you, what do you say? What's his kind of final? Well, take um, on it? article 14, I just made a note of, he makes this point a lot, but seriously, I don't know of any other situations where we regress rather than progress in a given field. Uh, just one of his quotes here is, uh, there they go again, pretending as though we've never done this before. Already we've heard from NASA types about how we haven't yet solved the radiation problem. And that's just one more. We didn't really talk radiation, um, but that's just one more barrier in this land, like landing on the moon. I've heard some people theorize, conspiracy theorize, whatever, that we messed up. I think we're about to lose a battery. Oh, if we lose you, Dave, I'm sorry. No problem. Um, But that we... There's too much radiation. Like that's that's a new that's a new phenomenon. Like that when they went, maybe there wasn't, and that like actually we were blowing up a lot of nukes in space, and we actually screwed up the radiation. Oh, well. And I don't know if that's believable. I'm gonna try to save your camera. Keep going. Center. Yeah. I mean, when you mentioned blowing up nukes in space, one of the like right when we first discovered the is it Van Allen belts? Is yeah. that what it's called? Right when we first discovered the Van Allen belts, somewhere in one of these articles. The account is that a scientist says, we got these radiation belts up there. That's what like keeps our planet in order and like keeps our atmosphere from letting too much radiation in. And um, one of the officials from our government's response was, let's set a nuclear weapon off up there and see if we can blow that belt up. Well, yeah, that's that's the... How unwise is that to go, oh, that's what keeps our planet safe? I've told you about that, that, that they wanted to blow up a nuke on the moon. Yes. So that, yeah. that was a real thing that you could look up, uh, you know, the history of it. But when we were trying to, you know, um, muscle in with the Soviet, mm-hmm. that was a legitimate like a, plan. Was that, that going to be like the, a power stroke? Like, yeah, look at like, what we can do? Guys like Carl Sagan were behind this. And they were like, what we should do is set off a nuclear bomb on the moon. That'll teach him. To teach, you know, to show our... And JFK was the guy that canceled that. He said, no, we're not <laughs> blowing up a nuke on the moon. You're crazy, military industrial complex. And 
the idea that mainstream scientists like Carl Sagan were behind that is, yeah. is uh-huh. absolutely that's that's almost as crazy as killing Tusco. That's between, almost as crazy as, as LSD and an elephant. Between this and our dive into Parsons, um, I've come across a lot of accounts of scientists not being the most like practical and like level-headed people. <laughs> They're yeah, I mean, I'd count like the idea of like, well, let's set a bomb off on the moon. And you go, you're the scientist. Aren't you supposed to? Not the environmentalist. <laughs> well, and there's another little quip in here somewhere about, um, we didn't talk about it much. It's one of the, I think it's a lot of people know about when we were doing testing here and the module got too much too much oxygen. There was a spark mm-hmm. and it killed the astronauts yeah. inside. Yeah. So that's tragic. One of the scientists is on record of saying, um, well... On the upside, uh, we did learn a lot about yeah. you know, what could happen. <laughs> and you're just going like, are you crazy, dude? Like, you just lost these three. These maybe guys that are on the spectrum and they just. Yeah, they, they don't have the awareness to not say that. Yeah, <laughs> We can blow up a nuke on the moon. Why not? That's, let's try it. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, let's it's, try it's like, it. These are our toys. Like, why wouldn't we play with our toys, you know? And no, maybe some toys should not. The closest person I know to people like this is my brother-in-law. And in his more manic stages, I can kind of see him like, like really into something and going, yeah, let's, yeah. Well, we just, okay. Yeah. Let's blow, blow a thing up up there. Yeah. Thankfully, maybe that's why they killed Kennedy because they wanted to nuke the moon. He said no Mm -hmm. and wasn't acceptable. There are a lot of reasons they wanted to kill him. (laughs) So after looking at all of this, are you willing to give us an opinion about what you think, or would you rather uh, remain anonymous in your <laughs> opinion of you started Boy. with assuming, of course we went this to the is, moon. Yeah, I don't. And now I've run you through all of this. <laughs> yeah. Do you, now I've got my daughter. Now your daughter saying stuff that's going to yeah, get you indoctrinated, saying principal's office. <laughs> um, yeah. The the most compelling argument is that, uh, well, two things. One. It, I don't know of any other area in our history, particularly in technology, where we we have a great accomplishment and then decades later go, boy, one day we hope to get a fraction of the way back there. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, again, with my recent dive into Vietnam and learning about how many uh, how much misinformation was fed to America during that time in regards to what we were doing in Vietnam and what we were, what we were trying to get accomplished. Um, I go, so yeah, we were lying about that and a few other things, but we were totally on the up and up with this moon. (laughs) It's the same president. It's the same people talking to us. Yeah. I think my, I mean, I go back to the original podcast we did and and why, why go back to Kennedy? Because, if they're willing to kill the president right next to his wife in front of everybody, I mean, yes, of course they would fake him. <laughs> like, like that the gloves are off at that point. And you yeah. go, well, would they? Would they? You know, do any number of the you know different conspiracies we talk about? They killed the president, and now his own nephew is running for president, mm-hmm. saying, you know, yeah, they killed him. We knew it. You know, and. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I just think we're in a position. My, I guess my thought is I'm not in a position to know. Yeah. Like it looks like we didn't land on the moon. Mm-hmm. It looks like NASA's not been honest about a lot of things. Looks like the, I just, you lost all the tapes. 
Yeah, lost that case. is. Yeah, crazy. I, I don't. I don't. That doesn't make any sense. And so maybe there's a national security reason that we never saw the tapes. Maybe that's. I don't believe that you lost them, though. I don't. I don't. I don't believe that for a second. I kept my little arrowhead rock, so you would keep your moon rock. Yeah, you said it. Yeah, um, exactly that last week, and I thought the same thing the first time I heard it. Like it with as much bureaucracy as we have and with as much of a swollen list of staff we have on the government, you can't tell me there's not a whole department. I have video footage of us playing gigs together 15 years ago. (laughs) You don't even want the footage anymore. I don't even want to see it. It's on my computer though. I have it on a drive somewhere. um, And I'm an idiot. I found today a picture of me next to Bobby Keys, the saxophone player from the Rolling Stones. Oh, no way. From again, 15 years ago. I didn't intend to keep that picture, but you kept it just out of. I still have it. I don't know. Yeah, so you got to do your name drop. There was mine. Right. Yeah. Um, finally got one in there. That's a good but, one. But my point is, just agreeing with you. Yeah, I've got stuff I don't even intend to keep that I come across. So yeah, so it's like if you establish somebody is a liar, and maybe a pretty bad liar, and you say, "Well, did, are they telling the truth about this one big thing?" Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) probably not. They lie about everything else. So I mean, you're probably lying about that too. Mm -hmm. Um, I get the people that would know is those guys that set foot on the moon, and you know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess I don't feel strongly enough about it to where if I were at a dinner dinner party with an astronaut, I don't think I would bring it up and like. Especially not Buzz. No. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going toe to toe with Buzz Aldrin. (laughs) If you if you want to laugh. get on his Instagram yeah, because he is trolled by so many haters. Is that right? And it's like, the comments are always like, you're amazing. That was so cool. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you didn't land on the moon, you fraud. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he just never responds, but that's, that's it's good. plagued him. There's a reason he probably had to go to AA and, and had a little bit of a rough patch it's there. Sad. Whether it's because he was holding a deep, dark secret or he's getting harassed by I everybody everywhere he goes. Today too, yeah. just like, okay, let's say... You really are the only one that knows whether you went to the moon or not, if you're Buzz Aldrin or any of the others. And that would be maddening to have done something so amazing. And like, I I imagine I wasn't there, but the testing that you have to go through to earn your spot to be the guy that goes on the moon is extremely rigorous. So you jump through all these hoops, you beat out all the other awesome pilots and soldiers and everything. You go to the effing moon you come back and then some dork from his basement is typing like you're you're a fraud. Yeah. Of course you yeah. punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> You'd also punch him in the face if you had to play along with that as an elaborate hoax and you also happen to be that talented. Uh, you know yes. what I mean? Like yeah, you could right. have done it, yeah. but they faked it and yeah. then they said you can't ever t-. and then you have to take that yeah. garbage your entire life yeah. knowing yeah, I'd like to be honest, but I can't cuz then they'll kill my whole family. Yeah. Whatever, whatever right. it is. Yeah, whatever it is. God, did I ever, he's did, in a did tough we, spot. Did we ever talk about that Norm MacDonald bit about <laughs> Harrison Schmidt? No. He He's on late night, one of the late night shows. And he it, the point he's making is, he says, uh, Harrison Schmidt. And he's like, you know who that is? And everyone's, Conan's like, I don't know. He's like, he's like uh, whatever mission, one of, the, one of the Apollo missions, man walked on the moon, you know? And he's like, and you don't even know his name. Like, what is a guy, he's got, Harrison's, like, poor guy's got to be standing there going, what does a guy got to do to be famous? I walked on the moon and that nobody even knows. So that could be like, you know, the uh, attention span of the American people is so short. Yeah, sure. Maybe that's why we stopped is because, you know, we're spending all this money on it and then nobody even cared. 
That is also very American for us. I mean, we touched on it last week, but I heard it again today reviewing this was people were start news stations were starting to get inundated with calls because viewers were getting annoyed. Yeah. Like, uh, you guys broke into my television show with another moon landing. Yeah. Jeez, enough already. Yeah. So, yeah, Harrison so Schmidt American. Which, just found it. I saw was it. Was he the last one or I don't know if he's uh I think he might have been the last one. Um uh, He's pro proficient. Edgar so. Mitchell was the last one, actually. December 1972, so it's certainly at, towards the end. You of, should know his name, though. You should, yeah. Apollo 17 looks like. Yeah, he collects some lunar specimens in a lot, Apollo 17. He fell while he was on the moonwalk. Huh. Rough well. ride. Sorry. Anyway, thank you for listening. I think that does it for the... Uh, Moon landing. I think I think we're good with moon landing. We might bring it up for fun, but I don't think we need to do a part four. No, I don't think so. I think I, we're good. Yeah. I would encourage everybody to go look at Wagging the Moon Doggy. Uh, listen to the audio version. I don't know if you watched a funny thing happen on the way to the moon yet, but watch that. Um, it's it's a fun conspiracy, and uh, you know, it's it's fun that I I mean you're just always tugged back and forth. Yeah. Like I I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's just fun. I think I do know. I think I do know too, but <laughs> you know, I, I I could meet with my friend here in the future and her That's, dad yeah. dad might be yelling at me on the phone then. Yeah. We did go to the moon. I can prove it. Here's my moon rocks. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, share. Uh we'll keep growing this conspiracy dad uh, you know, family. And uh, we'll see you guys at the next one. That's hilarious. Harrison Schmidt. He's a real guy.